0: Welcome to the a Nourishing Place podcast. My name is Kelly Newton. I'm a self-love, mindset, and manifestation coach here to empower, motivate, create community, and remind you of how powerful you are. I will be bringing you interviews, tools, and resources all revolved around mindset, self-love, money, spirituality, manifestation, and so much more. I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's get started. On this episode, I have Ali Jordan with me, and we have a really fun conversation about Mercury, Venus, and Mars. Ali even explains to us what retrogrades mean, and we did recently in January come out of both Mercury and Mars in retrograde, and this episode was recorded mid-January. Ali also looks over my chart and explains some things to us about conjunctions and dives a little bit deeper into Chiron and what that uh, placement is. Allie is the founding astrologer of Al Astrology Reports, and a yoga instructor, as well as the host of the Mystic and Holistic podcast. Her mission is to provide a modern understanding of what astrology is and educate people on how they can integrate mystic and holistic practices into their daily lives. She is astrologically skilled in bird chart readings, transit readings, and astrocartography. Let's just jump in. I really hope you enjoy this episode and get some pieces and takeaways. If you can, pull up your natal birth chart. See where Mercury, Venus, and Mars are for you. Check out where your Chiron is. And just look and see like how how do you think that those placements are going to interpret into your life? These are definitely planets to look into. I mean, I think all parts of our birth chart are important and I love checking out all the different things and what they mean and I'm still learning. About all of this. So it's really fun to have um have astrologers on to like kind of dive deeper with me and really open up my eyes to different ways of interpreting charts. All right. Hi, Ali. Welcome on a nourishing place.
1: Hi, thanks for having me today.
0: I'm so excited. I before we dive into like the astrology goodness, um, I wanted to ask how astrology reports came to be in a nutshell, if that's even possible. <laughs>
1: oh goodness oh my gosh i'm long-winded so i'll do my best to keep this (laughs) concise i have been loving and living astrology since at least 2015 but it it crept up on me before that before i even realized it and over the years it's been an unfolding of finally like accepting that i love astrology i'm i'm good at it i have passion here and after a teacher a yoga teacher training it was an empowerment training i did in 2021 I decided I was just tired of hiding the fact that I love astrology. I'm from a pretty, um, religious area. So I was worried, you know, would people accept me? Would they not? But what's beautiful is that we have the worldwide web now, and I've been able to take everything virtually. So doing all of this, um, when I decided, you know, I'm going to pursue astrology, actually full-time, actually be an astrologer and, and gift this to people, I... Played over, I love puns. I love plays on words, you know, back to that Gemini. I have got a lot of mercurial energy in my chart personally. So when I thought about the idea of astrology reports, like you get an astrology report when you go for a reading, I'm Al, Al astrology report. I wish it were more, I wish it were smarter than that. I wish it were something that was like way more like we spent months and we had a team and it's like, nope, I just- No, you don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) And I ran with it.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I noticed. I was like, oh, Allie, astrology, (laughs) like, you know, I think it works really well. Thanks. Well, I know today we're going to be talking about, so a lot of people talk about, you know, like the, you know, sun, moon, rising, you know, those are like the signs I think a lot of us know. And I mean most people know their sun sign at least, if nothing else, even if yeah. you know, but there's so much more than that. And um I kind of wanted to dive into like Mars, Venus, and Mercury. Um, and like kind of more about those placements and then how we can use those placements in both our natal charts and like with transits for our personal like expansion and growth.
1: Ooh, yeah, yeah. I So love- maybe we start with
0: Mars or <laughs>
1: yeah i love that you're so right because a lot of times what happens is before people really understand astrology it's the whole what's your sign and you know when people ask you that they mean your sun sign so if you're born you know end of july beginning of august you're a leo etc that's your sun sign and then when we come into astrology there is this approach of what's the simplest thing to begin to understand it's usually your big three which includes your sun moon and rising sign And then when we look at transits, which is where the planets are moving now in current time, you know, we can observe that. And a lot of times what people ask me when they come into a reading is, well, what does my next year look like? What do the next two years look like? And in order to look at a big picture thing like that, we have to look at bigger moving planets because they take longer. And you'll be able to see themes that are reoccurring over a longer period of time. And you're right. What happens is these inner planets you know mercury mars venus they get swept under the rug but they are just as important for understanding our personalities our love languages why we respond the way we do so i would love to get into that usually we'll start with mercury if you're okay with that yeah totally. You sent me your chart information and you have so much, you as well have a lot of mercurial energy. I do. (laughs) Yeah, because you have all of your Gemini. I'm actually going to pull it up while I talk to you, your chart. You have your sun, your Mercury, Venus, and an asteroid called Chiron in the sign of Gemini for you. So for you, Mercury is ruled by Gemini or vice versa, you could say. So what the energy that that has, it's all about communication. It's all about learning and the exchanging of information and networking, uh, anything like that that has to do with mental activity and how we express ourselves. So that's mercury. When you see mercury in someone's chart, it's going to declare the way they like to speak. It can even hint at the way their voice sounds. Like I, I know people who have Mercury in Taurus or Mercury in Pisces and their voice is soothing to listen to it's smooth it's sweet it's decadent in a way so it there's a broad umbrella that the planets roll over but that is the most specific way you could look at Mercury you for instance having Mercury in its natal place and its native placement of Gemini Gemini it's going to compound upon that energy that information so Gemini being ruled by the planet of communication loves to talk, loves to network, whether it's texting, email, writing letters, journaling, you know, anything like that. It thrives on receiving information and putting it out there. Would you say that's accurate for you?
0: Yes. And it's also in my 11th house. So I think that like all those placements are in my 11th house, I think Um, maybe one is in the 10th, but I think they're all in the 11th. So it's like, has to do with that like broader relationship, right? Like
1: yeah. So the 11th house, when we look at that, it has to do with community at large, each of yeah. the sign houses. So g- usually Gemini, you would associate it with third house. Libra is going to be seventh yeah. house. And then Aquarius is the 11th house. So Gemini, if that's like friendships, Libra is romantic or like one-on-one relationships, 11th house Aquarius is the broader scope of like the world at large humanitarian endeavors how we view the community that surrounds us so right. you what that would basically interpret to mean is that the way you express your gemini energy most naturally is going to be in settings as such in your like nourishing place groups and with right. <laughs> and all of that yeah you
0: know i thinking like growing up i was constantly told, "Oh, you talk too fast you talk too much slow down you, you mm-hmm. know and sometimes my mind thinks faster than I can actually get it out, mm-hmm. you know? So then I'm like, wait, where was I going? You know, like it's not in that air sign, right? Like where I'm like, I've lost it. It's gone now, like, you know, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, my, mo- but- my mind is moving faster than my mouth will allow me. And the other thing about your chart and mine too, that could be an even larger indicator of that um, losing your train of thought kind of way of processing things quite often, you have mercury retrograde in your birth chart. Like you were born while retrograde was happening. And so was I. So I get that a lot where I will, I'll start a sentence. And then my brain's like, we're done. You already completed that while I'm halfway through. And it literally just, I wish I could show people on like a PowerPoint projector, like what it looks like when my brain just turns it off.
0: (laughs) Right. Like it's gone. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's out. Today is the day that Mercury is, as we say in astrology, going direct, stationing direct. Yay. So let's yeah, <laughs> like rotating uh as we see it, back in a getting back to its normal pace, moving forward. Um me perfect example, me losing my train of thought
0: here. Right? <laughs> see, I know. Okay. So with, back <laughs> with Mercury, like I think okay, so what let's just talk about before we move to the next planet, what does it mean? when mercury is in retrograde like everyone makes these oh my computer stopped working mercury in retrograde you know like but for me it's also like a powerful time to do a lot of shadow work processing and like healing as well and also when the things come up to notice like how am i responding what is my perception of that those types of things like working with the retrograde instead of being like it's horrible you know
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's so easy, especially when we see social media. Like, it's easy to memify these experiences, but we still have to live them. Like, just because we make jokes and try to dismiss it doesn't mean that we can just... Like, even me as an astrologer, I'm not immune to these transits and the way that these planets move. It, it We cannot get away from the lessons and blessings we will receive. So, Mercury spinning normally as we perceive it here on Earth is about communication as we already established so when a planet goes retrograde what's actually happening is that the it's almost an optical illusion because the earth is passing by whatever planet we deem as retrograde and because we are passing by the planet while you know planets are still rotating on their axis it looks like it begins to spin backwards so we get this optical illusion and we perceive the energy almost in a backwards way. So that communication gets flipped, that communication gets flipped on its head. And that could mean like emails that don't go through, that could mean voice memos that just won't play when you need them to, that could mean missing important phone calls. And That's not to say like people should be scared of mercury retrograde, but, as I said before, like to be aware of these energies, to be aware of these things, we can better prepare. So when I'm anticipating a mercury retrograde and the possibility that my communication, my any of these things that pertain to like networking and, and, um, technology gets lumped in there too, because most of our communication happens over social sure. media. So I was anticipating going into this current retrograde that we're leaving that like Yes, I need to be on top of like emailing clients because I know that those might be delayed. I need to get ahead of editing because I don't know if my program might shut down, like things like that.
0: What are what are the gifts of having Mercury in retrograde?
1: Mm, I love that question. That's a great <laughs> question. The gifts of having Mercury in retrograde. As you said, you like to do shadow work when retrogrades occur, and I feel the same. All the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When isn't it a good time to like go Right, (laughs) yeah. Um, When retrogrades happen, a lot of astrologers like to say, retro reflect. Um, All of the like re-words, so reworking, rewriting, reestablishing, anything that you can review and go back on. Like, so when Mercury is retrograding, we experience Mercury retrogrades about three times a year, and it happens for about three weeks per cycle. So during that time period, like from the time the retrograde starts to the time it ends, we're going to be moving back through a certain section of our birth chart. Um, The planet will be, so to speak, and we'll see themes that reoccur that are trying to re present themselves in a new way so that like these lessons were meant to learn it's very karmic when a planet is retrograde and especially when you're born with a retrograde planet because it means that there are added lessons there that are meant to be observed, which means we get to develop our soul we get to grow we get to learn more and then share more with others.
0: I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think everyone makes those, those memes, like you say, uh, you know, oh, it with Mercury retrograde, but I haven't really heard a very clear definition of what it is actually happening. And I like to know the what is actually happening. Of course, I'm a knowledge seeker here. Um, and like with Mercury being like how we interpret the world, it's, I can feel that like when you're talking, like with that shift, it's almost like putting on new glasses so we can see things differently.
1: Yeah, like you're only given an opportunity to reflect on the energy to, uh, to see to see like keep coming back to it. It's a spiral. It's it's like growth. It's like healing. The way we will we can never go back and change what happened, but we can always look back and from who we are now, where we are now, we'll have a fresh perspective every time. I love that. Yeah, I love
0: it. So Venus or Mars, where do you want to jump to next?
1: We can dive into Venus and then wrap up with Mars if you would like. Okay, love it. Let's do it. Venus. Venus is the planet of love. She, I say she because the signs that are associated with Venus are Taurus and Libra. Anything that Venus is associated with usually does have a feminine dynamic to it it rules you know it's the planet of love it's the planet of romance it is a planet of connection and luxury and beauty and art um so anything pertaining to Venus when you see it in a person's chart that's going to essentially tell you how you like to be loved and how you like to give love
0: I kind of also look at Venus not just as Like the sign of love, but also like it rules money too. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of has that wealth code piece as well. And so, um, I don't I guess I just and like beauty and abundance and kind of like how we show up in that way. And it do like, do you ever teach about that? Like when you're doing like a Venus reading too?
1: Yeah. If somebody does have a lot of indicating points in their chart that would say like finance is really important and predominant for you and like something that like, yeah, like uh It actually is. Finances are really important for me, too, but for sort of separate reasons, not only do I have Venus, the planet of, yes, not only love and beauty, but material resources, finances. Not only do I have that placement there, I also have Mars is in my second house, so you can kind of get into Mars, like, that's your planet of action, what you're driven to pursue, like, what energizes you, so... I know for me as a person i'm really driven to get that bag like let's make some paper you know (laughs) what i'm saying (laughs) so yeah that can be something that is indicated through libra the style with which you really like a lot of it is like how you like to spend money maybe not necessarily how you will earn income but a lot of how you like to spend it for sure yeah
0: because i hadn't i guess i hadn't really associated so much of venus with it's so funny because of course it's like love, but like with like my, within my marriage yet. So I haven't even looked at that piece yet and like Mm -hmm. how that would show up. I'm still piecing all of that together. And I can definitely ask you a lot more questions. However, let's Mm -hmm. move over to Mars. Mars is also in my Pisces North Node, which I love that it was also, my husband's had Mars in his Pisces, but ninth house, mine's eighth house. So just kind of a little different, you know, just more unique to me. But But so with Mars-
1: sign, That definitely can speak to- you know if venus and mars are both there that's a that's a good and like passionate romantic connection you're able to like the way you want to give or the way he wants to give and receive love aligns with the way that you are driven passionately so you are more likely to be able to give him the love that he desires
0: Ooh, interesting okay i like it i like it (laughs) well let's let's talk about mars so like that does actually have like the sexuality piece in it too as well so i guess like
1: yeah mars is so again every single planet there's out. there's there's it's multifaceted there's a big umbrella of what it covers and mars it is the planet of action it is the planet of war and drive and aggression and with with that can also stem desire and passion and like these these deeper sexual like fiery parts of ourselves so that planet wherever you in your birth chart wherever you find mars that is going to speak to how you express your anger how you do you have outbursts when you're rageful and also like can is it easy for you to get up and go when there's work that needs to be done when there's a desire on your heart how are you going to express that you know what i mean like it it plays into a lot of a lot of those things um yeah, so Mars in a person's birth chart, it has it has that dual nature. It's your anger, it's aggression. So where that falls for a person will tell you how they react when they get angry, how they like to take initiative to go after what their heart's desires are, the way, truly like the way they move in this world. I mean, if you look at Mars in a fire sign, like it can even tell you like, that that person might walk faster like literally the way you direct yourself yeah
0: right so it's it's how we move in the world like you're saying but also like where our personal power is right yes yes okay interesting so what so this is a question I have because this is kind of a personal question but maybe it'll help people out there if they're getting into their north node south node um which I definitely would recommend people dive into but If you have a planetary or like an asteroid or a placement in a like North node or South node, like what would that mean? So like I have Mars in my North node, kind of what I'm leaning into. So is it that I'm leaning more into my own personal power or like using anger to kind of fuel healing and growth?
1: So I've got your chart pulled up here and- I'll just, I'll sort of explain it a little bit for the people who can't see. So in a birth chart, there are 12 sections and those are the houses. So what Kelly is saying is that her Mars placement in her chart is in Pisces. So because she's a Leo rising, that means that Pisces is her eighth house. And again, I'm using a whole sign system. So I see like one sign per one house and where her Mars is, it's at 17 degrees. Each of those pie slices sections are 30 degrees in a whole sign system. So at 17 degrees, that's where her Mars is. Her North node is also at the exact same degree, which is called a conjunction in astrology. And when I, as an astrologer, look at conjunctions, a conjunction is a type of aspect, which means the planets are transiting like right on top of each other, basically. And that means that the energy, the intention, behind the like the the purpose of those planets or asteroids or what have you are going to be unified in their mission for the things that you're meant to be doing, the karmic lessons you're meant to dive into. And especially when you consider the purpose of the North Node being less karmic lessons that we're meant to learn into this lifetime, the type of person that we are, this, the type of soul we are walking into and stepping into in this life. So Yes, that would indicate that your desires, your drive, your action in this life, there are karmic lessons surrounding the way that you act upon those planets' needs, those planets' desires.
0: That yeah, it's it's so interesting, especially like when we're learning about like what the conjunctions mean and the fact that they're like right on top of each other and
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um yeah. So what about so what Mars was recently in? retrograde as well
1: yes oh so
0: can you talk about that a little
1: bit (laughs) I'm sure that you are excited that that's over given how much 100% (laughs)
0: happy I it has been a beginning of the year and I knew I knew though I knew that until about this new moon I'm kind of looking as my shift into the actual 2023
1: that's pretty much exactly how i feel too and that's what i've been telling people because so yes mars you know if a transit is where a planet's moving right now since well hmm, mars entered the sign of gemini in august of 2022 moved almost the whole way through the sign of Gemini. And then a Mars retrograde is actually the most rare type of retrograde. It only happens every two years and it spends about 80 days retrograding backwards through a sign. So we got almost the whole way through Gemini and then Mars was like, right, we're going back. And it started backspinning, retrograding almost the whole way back to the beginning of Gemini. So now it uh Mars stationed direct meaning it started you know it stopped its backspin on the 12th and now Mars is beginning to pick up forward moving energy again it's starting to spin back in like a normal pattern so we're starting to shake off any of the frustration so if you consider back to the idea of what a Mercury retrograde is it's taking our communication and put like flipping it on its head well our drive gets flipped on its head have you been tired have you been feeling burnt out (laughs) (laughs) those are all thanks to mars in gemini and also if you've had gemini can be gemini archetypally it's a trickster and because it has to do with communication it and then mercury being retrograde at the same time like a lot of our conversations i've i've had verbal spats with people over the last few months and that's not really that's that's a little bit of who I am, but not really who I am. So like, all of these things are finally coming to a close. But there were beautiful lessons I got from the Mars retrograde about how I vocalize my desires. And again, if we can come back and reflect on, well, what did I learn? What do I what can I now better express? Like, how can I express my needs that that makes it feel worth it? You know,
0: right? Yeah. And I think Oh, yeah, especially with my, you know, I have so much in my natal birth chart in Gemini. <laughs> and so it, it it's definitely been since August, a very interesting time, um, for me what lessons have and you
1: noticed coming up
0: a lot around body stuff, which also using the lungs, um, which, you know, Gemini to, to do a lot of healing work through breath work has been really interesting, which I was like really never interested in it before. Mm-hmm. And it has actually been really powerful um
1: yeah that's really interesting i just had my first breath work i joined in a facilitated breath work experience a week ago that i had it's been a couple years since i actually focused on breath work just specifically as well and i hadn't considered that so thanks for bringing that up that's really interesting interesting. and
0: i know my my mentor was like uh with your 11th house in Gemini and then your fifth house where you have a lot of these placements of like, not necessarily health, but like creativity. And like, a lot of that can come from like the pelvic area, um you know, and for women. And so that's where like a lot of my um health issues have been. And so she's like, you need to use your lungs to help heal that. And when I started doing that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I think for me, it's just been like a time of really slowing down because, yeah, I definitely felt like exhausted, burnt out. Like, what are we doing I even took a month off of social media and just kind of, I was still doing my business, but I was just off of social media, Mm -hmm. just those outside influences and, um, kind of almost pulling back from like that collective community that, cause sometimes the collective energy can be like a
1: lot, um, for me, (laughs) so I get that I do.
0: And I'm definitely still learning, um, on you know venus and mercury and all how that works within my gemini placements for a long time like when i'm looking at the chart i thought my chiron was in cancer and then i was like oh my gosh my chiron's in gemini I was like, oh no like what's <laughs> happening and so for me it is still also new like you, you know you can look at it and know a lot more and and also like i like it different astrologers have like different viewpoints or like different things they would maybe work with a planet with you know and um now with you like for me, Venus in my mind has been like more about the financial, like the wealth code. But then I'm like, well, obviously it has to do with love. And so how am I going to utilize that in my chart, especially with it being so close, so close to, to Mercury too. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: And actually talking to each other more. So my Chiron and my sun are almost the same degree, if I'm looking at this correctly.
1: Mm-hmm. Your sun's at 28 degrees of Gemini Chiron is at 20
0: Yeah. So why so does that, what is that like what does that mean?
1: Yeah, that is almost an exact conjunction. So again, when we consider that a conjunction is basically like two planetary objects that are almost directly stacked on top of each other, their energies, their purposes blend in our interpretation. So Chiron is the asteroid of raw healing. Um, Chiron mythologically is known as the wounded healer. So it's usually Mm -hmm. an area of our life where we experience like big, big transformation is usually Pluto, but we can experience, I see Chiron in transit a lot when I have big transformative periods of my life and there's usually healing done there. So that what essentially that indicates to me with your son is that there's purpose in your life for healing. There is, karm there are karmic wounds that you are meant to explore i
0: yeah there's always so much to learn and i i always find it so interesting when they are so close because i'm like i know they're talking to each other but i don't know what that means you know and so i think it's interesting like the sun is like almost lighting up that placement more um to to be healed right like that's what you're saying like to find healing in that placement because like we all want to heal we all want to work on the shadow and, and heal our chiron right like that's a
1: so yes and given given the location of it in your 11th house that's go that is also that's one thing that's going to speak to like well what does this actually mean like what does that look like going forward or okay like maybe healing is really part of my karmic lesson but then like what for like what why there's to reach the hole (laughs) yes yes and like it looks like a lot of that for you in my interpretation would be that it's like you're giving back to the greater good. The Aquarius, the 11th house is governed by um symbolically it's known as the water bearer but that doesn't mean water. Aquarius, a lot of people think it's a water There's sign. Something. It actually the water is symbolic of the knowledge we pour down to the collective, to earth, to those around us. So what is the karmic healing that you are meant to provide back to the collective that's bigger than you? Ooh, and I because... just got
0: body chills. That sounds yeah. interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the fat, and also like something to with the sun. I mean, I could also go on on this for hours. But like something with the sun being ruled by Leo, Leo likes to shine. It it is performative, but it also is that like big, it has that big sunny, wonderful disposition and a lot of a lot of things I see that pertain to Leo or the sun energy, it's like learning to take your seat, sis, like show up, shine in this world and and do the things you love and show your passion, like let it roar like a lion. So maybe another aspect of that that you could consider is how can I teach people to move through these challenging like raw healing experiences? with grace and with passion and with joy like how can i teach people that it is possible to shine despite healing that you're going right through? yeah and with love and with love,
0: with with love. yes yeah. with self-love yeah. um well like i said yeah we could talk forever um i have so many things i'm like yes yes that makes sense <laughs> um i've seen that in other areas of my chart or like you know like that's my pisces north node is more collective healing less one-on-one but also natural born healer. So. And also just that I'm always doing my own healing work. So um, I just, if you could just share, like, if you have anything um, for this year planned, like in your business or like what kind of offers you do, I just want, I always like to end with that.
1: Yeah, me too. So I... Man, I did not prepare for that question. (laughs) I have a lot of workshops coming up at the end of January, which I don't know why I did that to myself. I have been given a lot of lessons lately about how I structure my time. and. You know, with the blessing of these retrogrades I've been given the opportunity to see like what's working what isn't so actually right now i'm in not a rebuilding phase, but going back to the drawing board and seeing how we can expand expand what astrology reports is. And that means I'm wrapping up my first season of my podcast, which is on Anchor, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Pod, it's called Mystic and Holistic. So I'm wrapping up that first season, which you're gonna be on, and then getting ready to head into season two of that. And after these in-person workshops end, I'm going 100% virtual this year. So what I would say to be on the lookout for, if you would like to follow me, my Instagrams are at Astrology Reports, and at Ali R. Jordan, which we'll be changing to Ali Null soon. Um, But follow those. And then once those virtual workshops are available, and I start promoting those, you will have first access to check them out to sign up no matter where you are. I'm so excited to be able to reach people on a broader platform because I do have listeners from like Sweden and Ireland and all of these really cool places. And it's like, they want to learn and it's amazing that we don't have to be separated by distance in order to do so anymore
0: it is we can reach people but we can also learn so much i have definitely been like utilizing that and we can definitely yeah especially i mean i think we i want all the knowledge so i like having that Like, (laughs) okay i can do this or like this person's gonna offer me this and i don't just have to stay within like especially right now where I live in a very small town. Um, But well, thank you so much for
1: coming on. I love chatting with you and asking you my questions. Thanks for having me on. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for hopping on
0: today. I would love to know your favorite takeaway from this episode. You can find me on Instagram at a nourishing place, or let me know in your review. Community is so important to me and within a nourishing place. I would love to connect with you further. Sending you so many blessings and so much love.